0: So, what then was the point of Jesus rising from the dead? What was the point? I mean, it's a wonderful story, no doubt. And if it happened, then it's certainly something worthy of our awe and our reflection. But what does it actually mean? What does it actually signify? Is it simply an illustration that God does, in fact, exist? And that God can, in fact, do powerful things? Well, if so, great! what does that have to do with us now? And what does that have to do with creation? Now. What does that have to do with God's purposes for the world? Now. In other words, if the resurrection was just a one-off event, then what larger significance does it really have for you and for me? and for the world that we inhabit. What was the point? Now I would hazard to guess that most of us have never entertained thoughts such as these. Most of us, I imagine, have taken the story of Jesus' resurrection on faith, and I've understood that because of the resurrection and because of our belief in the resurrection that we will thus spend eternity with God. Which is, of course, absolutely true. And so therefore, for most of us, this has been enough. And thus we've not given much further consideration to the question of what Jesus' resurrection actually means beyond Jesus rising from the dead. That is, we trust that it happened, we just don't give a great deal of reflection to what it's having happened means. And that is why this particular Sunday Is marked off each year on the Christian calendar. Some 40 days following the resurrection of Jesus, i.e., Easter, the Christian church worldwide on this day observes the ascension of Jesus. Because the ascension of Jesus is the bookend to the resurrection. Of Jesus, It is the crowning event that underscores and that fleshes out the full meaning of that which began at Easter. In other words, the ascension of Jesus is the event that helps us answer the question, what does the resurrection of Jesus actually mean? What is The point. For again, if the resurrection is nothing more than the story of Jesus rising from the dead just so as to prove that God really exists and can do powerful things, if it is nothing more than that, then sure, it's a great story and one we do rightly to observe with awe and wonder. But if it be only that, in other words, if it is a resurrection without an ascension, then it doesn't really mean much for us as human beings now and for the world in which we live and move and have our being. So let me tell you a story. I had the worst math teacher my sophomore year of high school. How's that for shifting gears on you, by the way? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure she was quite capable of doing math herself, but she was an awful teacher. What's more, she was mean. Mean as a snake. Now, I adore teachers as most of you know I even spent a few years being a high school teacher myself but the truth is there are a few teachers out there who simply have no business being in charge of a room full of kids for the simple reason that it's clear that they don't even like kids you all know what I'm talking about well this was one of those teachers and she hated us. And rest assured, for our part, we returned the favor. <laughs> Worse yet, it was fifth period, immediately following lunch. And so we were all zapped and lethargic by that point, anyway. And the simple fact was, I dreaded that class every day. I dreaded that teacher's bad attitude. I dreaded her overly demanding expectations. I dreaded her stunning inability to communicate the concepts. I dreaded the very atmosphere of the room itself. You see this is the kind of effect a bad teacher and bad conditions can have on a student. A bad teacher and bad conditions can cast a pallor over everything else in a student's life. Well, as the first semester of that year ended, our class learned that this teacher would not be coming back to our school following Christmas break. Well, hark the herald angels sing. (laughs) Joy to the world for sure. You've never seen a room full of more gleeful students than we were upon hearing that news. And so that teacher left, leading me finally to my point in telling you this story. Well, you see, when that life-draining teacher left, the teacher who replaced her was her exact opposite. Now, I want you to follow me here. From the very first moment that that new teacher addressed us as a class, it was, a clear, it was clear to all of us that a new day was dawning that the bad dream was now over, that the spell was being broken, that an all new reality was setting in. From the moment of her arrival, it was clear to all that from here forward, everything was going to be different. This new teacher was wonderful. And for our part, we craved coming to her class, even though the content was no less difficult or demanding. And in the end, this new teacher brought out the potential in all of us, and we loved her for it. For you see, once she was in charge of that class, We all slowly became more and more the students we were capable of being. She drew it out of us, which leads me to the point of the illustration. The experience I had in 10th grade mirrors, albeit of course in a minor way, the meaning that attends the event that begins with resurrection and that culminates with the ascension. For, and keep following me here, the resurrection means that the new creation Israel has been so long pining for has indeed begun. That the kingdom of God, for which Israel has been so long dreaming, has finally been inaugurated. That with Easter, a new day has begun. That is what the resurrection itself means. And the ascension, as I said, is the bookend to that. And thus the question raised by the ascension, and with it, the question raised by this sermon, is a new day For what? Okay, let me take a step out of this line of thought to read you a quote from the theologian Thomas Torrance. Speaking of the resurrection and calling it the resurrection event, Thomas Torrance says this, and I quote, The resurrection event is a whole integrated reality a whole, integrated reality. What does Torrance mean by that? The resurrection event? A whole, integrated reality? He means this. He means that the resurrection of Jesus cannot simply be reduced to that brief moment when Jesus rose from the dead. That instead the resurrection refers to the whole state of things that that moment initiated. He means that in the resurrection more than just Jesus was resurrected. He means that in a mysterious way, creation itself was being resurrected with him. And that the brokenness of the world was now being redeemed. He means, in other words, that the bad teacher who had for so long cast a power over the creation and draped it in darkness and brokenness, that that new teacher was now being replaced. And that a new teacher, an altogether different teacher, was now coming onto the scene. He means that a whole movement of resurrection had begun with Jesus' resurrection. That, Torrance is saying, that is what the resurrection event means, that the resurrection of Jesus has ushered in a new day, and that come Christ's return with his kingdom on the final day, that the way of that new teacher, the way of Christ Jesus will ultimately prevail. You following all this? The resurrection, Torrance is saying, is an event that only begins on Easter. And it reaches its climax at Jesus' ascension, preparing for its denouement at the coming of his kingdom. And that is why the already resurrected Jesus says to his disciples in our gospel lesson for today. Stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Already resurrected. Stay here in the city, he says, until you have been clothed with power from on high. So what are we to make of all this? What was the point of this mysterious passage? Why does Luke leave us with such an unresolved ending? I mean, the story was coming together so well. And then suddenly, just as the story is about to end, just as Luke is finally about to land the plane, Luke then tells us that Jesus just leaves, just ascends just kind of disappears and that the disciples are then left waiting and wanting and wishing left waiting and wanting and wishing yet the story then goes on to tell us that despite their confusion, despite their uncertainty despite their befuddlement, despite their feeling utterly bereft Luke's story tells us that they nonetheless returned to the temple where they were seen daily praising God. Meanwhile, in Luke's next book, otherwise known as the book of Acts, Luke describes this same scene, but this time captures the disciples as they ask Jesus, Is now when you will restore the kingdom? only for Jesus to respond to them by saying that it's not for them to know the time and then ascending from their presence. And so here, too, in Luke's next book, in the book of Acts, the disciples are left waiting and wanting and wishing. But here, too, in Acts, they return to the temple where they are seen daily praising God. And so I ask again, what are we to make of all of this? Well, to try to explain the point Luke is making, let me return to my overly simplistic metaphor of my new 10th grade math teacher. First though, you see the thing we must understand about the resurrection Is that the resurrection is about more than just the resurrection? How's that for a confusing sentence? The thing we must understand about the resurrection is that the resurrection is about so much more than just the awesome fact that Jesus rose from the dead. The thing we must understand about the resurrection is that with Jesus, God not only resurrected Jesus, i.e. the human being in whom God was made incarnate, but that with the resurrected Jesus, so began the movement of resurrecting broken humanity itself and the entire broken creation upon which humanity lives and moves and has its being. The thing we must understand is that the resurrection, to use Thomas Torrance's language, is a whole interrelated event. And that with Jesus' resurrection, the new creation was indeed inaugurated, but that only through Jesus' ascension was Jesus' inaugurated Lord of it. That is the point. And so then to my math metaphor. The difference between believing that the powers of this world will ultimately prevail and believing that the way of Jesus Christ will ultimately prevail makes all the difference in how we not only experience reality but how we respond to and engage with it yes it is the difference made by a mean snarky snide overly demanding teacher being replaced by a kind understanding loving sympathetic teacher yes it is that but it is so much more than that It is the difference between a teacher whose very essence sucks the life out of her students, causing them to become bitter and mean spirited themselves, and a teacher whose very essence enables her students to become who they were always meant to be. That, dear family, is the significance of the ascension in Christian theology. It signifies that Jesus is not only now resurrected, but that he and his way are ultimately in charge. It signifies that a new king has now ascended to the throne and that under his lordship all will become different. In short, it signifies that the resurrection event has now been completed and that he who rose again on that first day has been given all power and authority under heaven on this one. It signifies that even though it may not yet be obvious that his way will prevail in the end. The ultimate reason for our hope, Jurgen Moltmann writes, is not to be found at all in what we want and wish for and wait for. The ultimate reason for our hope is that we are wanted and wished for and waited for. On that first Ascension Sunday, Christ's disciples were left wanting and wishing and waiting for the return of their Savior, not yet comprehending what his Ascension meant and what it would soon mean for their lives and for their wanting and wishing and waiting. Well, on this Ascension Sunday, some 2,000 years later, Might we as Christ's disciples believe this good news, that 40 days after his resurrection from the dead, the glorified Jesus of Nazareth, fully human and fully divine, ascended into the heavenly places, where he remains today, making preparations for his coming kingdom, all the while wanting, and wishing for and waiting for us, his beloved brothers and sisters, for whom he accomplished it all, and with whom come that final day of consummation, of kingdom culmination, with whom he will then dwell forevermore. And all God's people said, Amen.